Jesus Christ. Did we, did we? I don't know if we got it. Let's yeah, we're good. It. We're good. We're good. I was watching. I, I took I, it I, off you. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're good. God. All right. Fine. I'll believe in you. I'll trust you. <laughs> so, uh, have you heard of this game called uh, Paradise Killer? I know you probably haven't. That's why I'm just throwing it at you. No, I have not. Uh, this game, Paradise Killer, seems very inspired by Danganronpa, which is why I... <clears throat> oh. Hold on. I, I'm pulling it up right now. Ooh, grip it and rip it, baby. Oh, God, I fucking love what that What are we ribbon. drinking tonight? Today, a natural light seltzer. Oh. Uh, with a little bit of strawberry and kiwi. I'm uh, drinking, I'm, I too am drinking a sparkling water here as I punch my microphone. I, oh. I have an aha with a little bit of uh, cherry and bla uh, black cherry and coffee. How are those ahas? Very uh, good. I enjoy them. Ah, uh, <laughs> ah, You know, I think is, is that like th those aren't like the ones with any kind of alcohol in them, right? No, it's just a regular classic, good old fashioned seltzer. Yeah, I definitely tried one of those from the store recently. They had one of those things where they were just giving them out for free, and I tried the uh, blueberry raspberry, and it was so dope, dude. Yeah, they they pack a lot of flavor in these little bad boys. Oh my god, yeah. But anyway, Paradise Killer. Um, I have no idea really what it is besides like the basic premise of your uh a uh, uh, a super good detective on an island of complete eccentrics 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 eccentrics. Yeah, that word. Uh, you can probably hear my brother in the background, by the way, playing Call of Duty. He's going at it. He's playing Search and Destroy, so if you, if he's pretty loud, then you know why. Oh, we'll make sure to credit him in if he gets into the final take. Oh, wonderful. Uh, but yeah, so you're on this island stuck with a whole bunch of freaks and weirdos, and you just have to go and investigate the murder, and it seems really interesting because it's first person, uh, so you have to kind of walk around all these different environments and actually kind of explore them and talk to all the different people, and you can kind of accuse different people. It seems like the kind of game that, like, Anyone could be the killer because they might actually have it like randomized or something. I don't know. Yeah, I would love to play more of that game when it comes out, though, because I am a sucker for mystery games. Looks interesting. They do have a demo available right now. Oh, well, I might have to try that demo then. But after we're done with all of our games. Yeah, I've I've downloaded it. Oh, well, I'll do that too. Well, shall we jump into this? Should we jump yeah, into? Yeah, let's it? just jump right, jump right into it. All right, let's do it. Uh, today, hello, I I am the Johnny Bartlett, one of your hosts. I am the other host, known as David Baxter. Uh, and the music we played just came before us. It was called Accordion. It was from YouTube Music. This is the first time we've ever credited the music. We should really do that more. Nah, dude, it's fucking copyright free, dude. Yeah, but still, shout out to the creator, like... I guess. I, the thing is, is that it, like it, it doesn't even have like a creator name. It's literally just like fucking. 
goddamn it. Like a YouTube channel? Yeah, no, no, not even a YouTube channel. It's like like baked into YouTube. It's like they're they're uh things like if you go into like the the YouTube editor, then you can actually just insert it as like some of their base audio that they have in oh, their library. Shit. So it <laughs> well. We'll dig through and figure it out. <laughs> if YouTube owns it, then fuck them. We don't need to credit yeah, YouTube. fuck them. It's our music anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so we, we've changed our format a little bit for this month, and we're trying it out and seeing how it works. So this week, we'll be covering six of the games, and next week, we'll be covering the other six. Going to do some bundle bourgeoisie bits today. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good name for this way we're doing yeah, it. Yeah, don't now. you like that? I came up with it just now in my head. A little bits. The little bits. So for for this week's little bits, we have a uh, hello neighbor and oh shit! I need to get the fucking shit in front of me. Hold on. <laughs> Pause. Pause. Got him. See the thing is, is I can see him right now and see everything he's Shut doing up. and see he's not prepared. So Shut I just threw that to him, knowing he wasn't ready. Fuck it! I forgot to destroy my tablet. Should we should we hop back into it? Yeah, okay, I'm totally ready to hop back into it. All right, cool. So so we'll <laughs> just we'll just clean right. This this month's bits are Hello Neighbor, War Groove. We were here together. A case of distrust. <laughs> which is Cthulian for Call of Cthulhu. And American Fugitive. Th- those are that's it. It's a little bit shorter than that's usual. It. Just those, just those six games we're hitting up today. So to start, we're going to talk about Hello Neighbor because this one's quick and easy to talk about. Sweet. Uh, Hello Neighbor is a uh, first-person uh, sort of puzzly action game that's made by Dynamic Pixels, whose most notable games are sort of Tamagotchi games, I guess. And they did a game called Musim for the iOS and Android, which is their claim to fl- fame. They claim so. I I've never heard of it, but it looks cute. I respect the Tamagotchi life. Yeah, gotta respect that Tamagotchi life. So, Hello Neighbor was a rough one. I First and foremost, the gameplay is just, it's absolutely riddled with bugs. Like, at one point in the first act, I jumped on a trash can that launched me into space, and I landed in a hole in the roof and beat the map. Like, beat the full, whole first act didn't have to do anything because I just glitched onto the roof and won, so... <laughs> Uh, I would constantly, like, I would, I couldn't jump over things sometimes, but other times I could jump over them fine. Uh, every time I'd try to pick up an object while running, it would just, like, launch me vertically across the map. It was just, there was so many bugs, and the movement was choppy and not ironed out at all, so. I am gonna be frank. I saw Hello Neighbor was on the list for this week, this month, and I said it before. I was like... You, this, you want, hey Johnny, you said before you want you 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 said the alpha was like kind of cool looking, right? You want to take this one this week? You want to <laughs> may, maybe yeah. maybe slide this one over onto your side? And thank God, I like, got I definitely got stuck with it, uh, and it was it was subpar. Uh, the art was all right. It was very reminiscent of sort of like Saturday morning cartoons, but the proportions were whack. Like, I was as tall as a box, but also as tall as a trash can, and there were areas where the grass was shorter than me, but areas where it was taller than me, too. Um, it was this very sort of absurd skew, perspective, skew of perspective, which 
it, it, it's an interesting stylistic choice, but there was just no consistency to it that it just felt more absurd than anything. It's like amnesia, but instead of a scary monster, it's just like a dude who goes. Yeah, it's just your neighbor that you saw kill his wife. Like, that's it. And it's I mean, there was I, I don't want to discredit. There was something I really liked about this game that I mentioned that like the there were very, very prominent mer- moments of like just straight absurdism. Um, like you'll get hmm. caught and just put in these weird dream sequence. Wow, my peas are plosive today. Should have done a warm up. Uh, you'll get caught and put in these situations where you're like riding a, a amusement park ride through his house until you hit a, a cardboard cutout of a girl and she falls and dies. And like, that's it. That's like all there are to these moments. There's no sort of context to them given in the grand scheme of the story. So I really, I really loved these sort of absurdist moments that they snuck in. But there wasn't enough consistency to them to make it enjoyable or make it feel like that was the point. It was just kind of like, we know you're going to get caught 40 times trying to do this, so we'll try to give you a little something interesting to think about. See, to me, that is just like, I don't want to make this accusation because I feel like it's kind of a dirty accusation to make. But I feel like some games are legitimately made specifically so that game theorists can take them apart. Oh, without a doubt. And I know I know that was a big thing when this game came out was that uh it was it wasn't ever I don't think designed to be a full-fledged game. I remember mm. when they originally released the alpha, they were talking about how it was sort of like a proof of concept of this AI that was constantly learning and changing its play patterns based on what the character was doing. And that's actually pretty interesting if you wanted to kind of isolate that on its own, like uh, not even as just like a a horror actually even as a horror concept that's quite fascinating just like a someone who you're running from that learns from you did you feel like what as you were playing that he was learning from your actions and kind of <laughs> well, like getting wise to what you were doing that's the thing is that like the game is so sloppy that i wasn't even sure of my <laughs> actions ever so i i i could see uh... the ai doing things that like uh, I would jump through a window and my next respawn, he'd have a bear trap under that window. Or I'd be like trying to get into a certain door and the next time I'd respawn, there'd be cameras in that room to get into that door so he'd know I was there. So I, I could see those elements, but my behavior and my play pattern was so sporadic because I had no fucking clue what I was even doing that I it, it was hard to actually feel like the AI was learning and not just also behaving erratically. Jeez, yeah, I mean, like, I've watched this game for a a long time, just as different Let's Players have tackled it, and each time I've seen it, it's just looked like, I don't even want to say, like, less buggy, just more features. Like, yeah, it's it's a buggy drudge, and that's the thing, is that, like, the, the most annoying aspect of the game is that, like, they don't tell you anything, and it's brutally, uh, like obscure what you have to do like you have an idea of what you have to do but there's just like locked room after locked room with no way into these rooms and you have to find out like glitches or bugs to get in them or you have to go through every single piece of furniture in the house in order to find the right tool you need to open up your path forward so i I swear i saw some let's plays that were like yeah you basically have to just like stack objects and then like hope that they don't glitch out of each other and then like go all the way up and climb that and like that's just how you play the game that's just hello neighbor and like some people 
that might be awesome because it might be like uncovering the secrets hidden in like the nooks and crannies of the place that you're not allowed to go to and like there's something to that maybe but but it, it just wasn't for me honestly like I, I i was getting more frustrated at trying to do the same thing over and over again than like i wasn't making enough progress in between deaths to feel like i was progressing which just felt like a drudge so angry neighbor chases you around the game yeah, and there was no there was no narrative or anything. Like there wasn't much in terms of themes or ideas the game was presenting. Just like I don't know if you see something, say something, or like snoop on your neighbors, or you know, if you only you only get killed if you get caught, I guess. Like, I don't know. There there wasn't any like thing meaningful in terms of themes. So the game is cool for the sort of like gameplay exploration it was doing in like game code and stuff. And it's very interesting for the absurdist elements, but there's just not enough there in between those areas to make the game really worth it for me. I don't know. I thought That's it was all right. Weird. I don't. I don't think it's totally worth it. Uh, Gift of Games currently has the alpha for free. I'd say try that before getting this one. Otherwise, maybe look at like Secret Neighbor, or I know they have a new uh, amusement park themed like version of Hello Neighbor coming out soon. So. Huh. Maybe look at those, and they might have ironed out the bugs if this is the kind of thing you're interested in. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'd say that this one wasn't really your groove, though. I, You know, it took me way too long to get into the groove. I just felt like I was constantly like at war with the mechanics. Yeah, see, this game, this next game, War Groove, developed by Chucklefish, uh, will definitely help you get in the groove. It's kind of like a whole gameplay mechanic, actually. So... Yeah. Uh, if you never heard of Chucklefish, they are the developers of Starbound, uh, and also the publishers of the first Risk of Rain, Pathway, and Halfway. Uh, and because they're the developers of Starbound, actually, like the Florin race from that game makes an appearance, which is kind of cool. Uh, they make up three out of like the twelve original playable commanders. Uh, but yeah, this is a tactics game in the vein of Shining Force and Fire Emblem meaning that it is grid turn-based combat, uh, very reminiscent to sort of a board game where one person moves all their troops and then the other person moves all their troops and you just kind of take turns doing that over and over again until one person is the ultimate victor and has taken all of the different bases that spawn new troops. So uh, it's very well thought out, thought out and fun, and actually one thing that I like about it is that there's no permadeath. Uh, because all of the characters that you spawn are just like little troops that are just like no different than like board game pieces, losing them doesn't really mean a whole lot. Uh, so you can actually go through a lot of different matches without having to like restart a million times just because your one troop that you're trying to keep alive died, uh, which is a huge problem in the Fire Emblem games, in my opinion, uh, at least when I, I play them, just because it takes me so much longer than it is reasonable to just get through a normal playthrough of a game. Uh, what's different in this game as opposed to other games is that the health of each unit is represented by, uh, the number of soldiers in a battalion. So you don't actually, like, heal them traditionally. You heal your soldiers by going up to a village that you've captured and then recruiting people from the village to, like, join the battalion. Uh, so capturing towns and stuff like that gives you more money each turn as well as more people for recruitment. And also potentially places to spawn new recruits. So it kind of becomes this game about uh, map management, uh, controlling individual troops, and then eventually moving them to take over uh, key areas. Uh, 
it lacks the team building and like really fun out of combat modes that make like games like Fire Emblem unique, like because like the dating sim elements and stuff like that. Uh, that being said, it feels much easier to pick up and play as a result. I haven't gotten that far in the campaign, uh, but I didn't really think that the story was too much to write about. Uh, that being said, so charming. I don't know if you like seen like screenshots of this game. But, like, the, the pixel art in this game is so good. It is so lovely. And, like, I'm consistently smiling my butt off. Especially, like, uh, one of the playable commanders that you play early on is, like, a dog. And he just, like, commands these humans around by, like, laying around and uh, just being adorable. And then all the humans do the work around him. And his special ability is just to inspire people so they get to do an extra action that turn. And he's the <laughs> best commander by far, I think. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> you get to play up to 12 different uh, commanders, like I said earlier. You unlock them through the course of the main campaign, uh, and then you can use them in arcade mode, which is really cool that they have, like, an extra campaign single-player mode. And then also there's, like, a puzzle mode uh, where you can solve uh, little puzzles that they have set up for you, like solve, uh, like, beat the game in X amount of turns. Uh then there's multiplayer as well. There's local four-player multiplayer as well as two-player co-op campaign. Uh, and there's online play with cross-play, which is, like, huge. Uh, any game with cross-play to me is, like, a huge sell because that means that I could potentially play with people that I normally would not be able to. And actually, because of that, I have to say that this is probably a great game for the Switch. I don't know that I'm huge Ooh. about playing this game on the PC. Uh, I don't know that, like, I enjoy sitting around and playing this game that much. I feel like this is the kind of game that I could sincerely enjoy kind of playing while doing something else or, like, wa watching, like, uh, you know, YouTube videos or something like that. Uh, I enjoy the mechanics of this game a lot. I don't feel like returning to this game necessarily, though, uh, also po possibly because of the lack of out-of-combat stuff. And because I'm, like, still in my playthrough of Fire Emblem Three Houses, and I really want to finish it because the story is super good in that. And I haven't felt that as much with Wargroove. But, yeah. Uh, I think it's a, a really good game to pick up if you're new to tactics games. Because as an entry point to this genre of game, I feel like it is so well made and is so charming that it is going to be really hard for you not to have a good time. Uh, just like it was in this next game. Uh, yeah, speaking of games that you can play together, this game is We Were Here Together, Ooh. Uh, which was absolutely phenomenal. It's made by Total Mayhem Studios, who made We Were Here and We Were Here 2. That's T-O-O, -O, not T-W-O. Um, it's like Banjo-Tooie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. It is fantastic. If you ever played the sort of like cookies and cream uh like co-op puzzle games this game is a hundred percent reminiscent of that you know it makes you it forces it's a co-op only game that forces you to work together with another player in, in ways that focus on like communication and teamwork you know you both are isolated in your own areas of this castle and you can't see each other's screens so all you can do is talk to each other about like what's in your room what do you see and how to solve these puzzles it's super good. Uh, David and I played it together, and I, I I cannot recommend this game enough. The art was very animated and fun and cute. It was sort of like a 
meeples is the best way I can think to describe it. Like the the sort of like rounded, uh, kind of comfy looking characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're a little bit more cartoony. They're not like super realistic, but they're also like not to the point where you don't recognize them as like no longer being like realistically proportioned. And the sound design in this game is just top notch. Uh, like. In, in real life, I have this thing. I, I'm like, I viscerally hate the sound of walking on like hard, crunchy snow. And the game got it down <laughs> to a T that it was making me so uncomfortable to walk around anywhere in this game because that noise was just grinding me down. <laughs> I gotta say, I have always wanted a game like this. And some games have come close to scratching this itch, like Portal 2 with the sort of co-op in that game. Uh, is really good, but it doesn't quite hit the sort of level of asynchronous gameplay that I've always really wanted. And in this game, you're you're playing two different games. Like, when I'm solving puzzles in one room, the room that I'm in is, like, a completely different room than the room that Johnny is in. And, and because exactly. of that, it's 100% about communication. Like, I have to tell him every single thing that I'm looking at, and he has to tell me every single thing that he's looking at, in order for us to both understand how they interact with each other. Yeah, it, you you are both solving two different problems at the same time that just happen to coincide with a couple of mechanics that cross over to each other's sides. It's it's fantastic and there's I have not played another game with this sort of asynchronous level of cooperative gameplay since Cookies and Cream, which if you haven't played Cookies and Cream, get a PS2 emulator and download that cuz that is Fun fact, a From Software game, and as Wait, soon as really? you play it... <laughs> I think you told me that before, and it still didn't register. What the fuck? That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, the same people who made Dark Souls made this fucking puzzle game on the PS2, and it's fun. It's a phenomenal experience. And if you, if you don't want to download an emulator, then get We Were Here Together, because it's so reminiscent and feels just like that. Yeah. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Uh, the story the story in the game's all right. Um you're split between two different paths too, which means you're also getting two different storylines depending on which side of the castle you're on, which is a super cool touch because we were actually at a point communicating the story that was happening too, not just the gameplay mechanics or anything. Yeah. Uh, so I I thought that was really fun and it hits on all these themes and ideas of like togetherness and cooperation and and like helping people out. And then at the end of the game, it's it. I don't want to do any spoilers for this game just because like I love it so much and I want everyone to experience this moment. Mm-hmm. But it it puts in one of the players' hand such a great like a decision that puts such a good button on these ideas of like teamwork and togetherness. And it's it's so great. It's such a good game. Don't sleep on this one. Even if you don't want to redeem the bundle, like go buy this game on Steam. It's not that expensive, and it's it's incredible. Well, the thing is, is that you don't even have to buy in if you wanted to try it out, because the first game, We Were Here, is completely free. Yeah, exactly. So go play We Were Here, and then you'll see exactly why this game is amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, the one thing about it is that uh, I, I do want to talk about like the in-game voice chat because we, we didn't turn it off and we decided to use it uh, instead of our Discord. And it did lead to some moments of a little bit of frustration where like one person would be talking over the other person, which in some ways is kind of part of the fun and the charm of the game. But I also do wonder if I would have had just a better time if I just played it over Discord. 
See, and I, I think that's the difference in mine and David's personalities because it probably means I was doing exactly what I felt like I was doing a lot and just steamrolling over him, like regardless if he was talking or not. <laughs> I just I just had that button pushed and I was like talking without any regard to the light. Yeah, no, sometimes I would like occasionally just like like flash the button on just to like let you know like, hey, I, I want to talk. Hey, dude, <laughs> I have the solution. You've been talking for like 10 seconds and I have the solution. <laughs> Shut up, dude. I have the solution. <laughs> I, I don't know when to shut up, and I get really excited about solving puzzles. So, <laughs> so for that reason, uh, it was a really fun mechanic, but I don't know. So play, I love that. Play with a friend who knows how to shut the fuck up, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a great time. I had a great time. I did, too. It was a lot of fun, and I'm really glad we got to play that together. You know, even if you distrust me a little less. I do distrust you a little bit after that. Uh, I gotta say, especially after this next game, A Case of Distrust just left me questioning everything about life and love and uh, a, woman, a woman's place in the 1920s. Uh, so, <laughs> this game is developed by The Wandering Ben, uh, who is more recently uh, known for developing Airborne Kingdoms, which is on Epic Games. And I did some research on this guy. Apparently, he works at CU Denver, which, that's cool. He used to work at Bioware and Visceral Games also. Uh, Damn. Yeah, so he made this really stylish and colorful 1920s noir thriller that takes place in San Francisco. It follows an ex-cop who is also one of the few new female private investigators, and her name is Malone. Uh, the story like is told... Post Malone? Yeah, like Post Malone, but uh, the woman version, and not tattooed, I would imagine, because I don't think that anyone would like respect her even less than they already do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I was saying, this is definitely a woman in a man's world type of story, rewriting woman back into history. I, I really like that. Uh, although I don't know if I'm the right person to say if they did a good job of the representation of it, uh, I just will say that I enjoyed it personally. Uh, the gameplay reminds me of Ellie Noir and Phoenix Wright, where you're collecting statements and evidence and using them to contradict people's lies to make progress. Uh, it's quite short, only around three hours long. First half of the game, you're introduced to the case by this mysterious guy named Mr. Green. Like, fucking clue. Uh who wants you to investigate a strange, threatening letter that he received. Uh, there's actually no save feature in the game, which means that any actions that you take, like accusations, have permanence, and you also can't go over previous conversations, so you have to rely on your character's notes. Uh, and in the game, I also found that there were like really cool side conversations. Like, for example, there was one that came up uh, after I brought... Like, I brought... I posted... You can just present evidence in the game, and I presented a newspaper that was talking about the death of Lenin, and two different characters gave like these different spiels on their own ideals about uh, capitalism and socialism, respectively, and it was really interesting to hear these ideas spoken from a 1920s perspective, uh, and that alone, I actually just really enjoyed about the game, outside of the mystery aspect. Uh, but speaking of the mystery aspect, we're going to enter the spoiler section of this title here, so go ahead and skip to this 31 minutes and 7 seconds. Then you will be able to avoid spoilers. So, 
After investigating for a while, uh, the man who hired you, Mr. Green, turns up dead from a suspected mob dealing, and the police don't want to handle it. They don't consider mob cases worth their time. And as a PI, your job is to determine the means of committing the murder, so the tools or methods used to commit the crime, the opportunity, uh, which means a lack of an alibi, and motive, which means reason for committing the murder. Uh, and you can ask literally any character in the game these three questions to try to contradict them and build a case against them, just to get more information as well. Uh, but you should answer, have answers for all three questions if you are going to try to make a solid accusation. Uh, and after all of this, uh, turns out that the uh, one who you were looking for was Mrs. Green, actually, the wife of Mr. Green, who in a last-minute twist actually assisted the murderer uh, with like another character, who I'm not going to spoil, who actually committed the murder, and in the end of the game forces you to like confront this person, and then you choose whether or not you want to book him and arrest him for the crime or let them go. And the thing about this twist is that, like, it was actually really hard for me because I realized that the criminal wasn't, like, actually a bad person at the end of the day. He, like, probably didn't deserve to be locked up, even though he did commit a murder. Uh, just because, like, the way that he did about it, he went about it, he was, like, trying to protect someone and also, like, trying to, like, stop, like, mob dealings and stuff. Uh, I'm not going to spoil all of it, but basically, um, it, it was hard also because, like, I just wanted to solve the case because, like, I was a female detective and I solved the case and everyone, it seemed like, didn't think that I could or wasn't, like, expecting me to be able to solve it and I did it and, like, to be able to just let it go at the end to protect, like, some fucking guy was, like, I don't know. I didn't like that, you know, I didn't, it didn't sit well with me. So at the end, I, I did end up booking him, uh... And either so what way, what you're saying is you were in a position of power and authority, and rather than choosing to like obfuscate the law where you felt you, you know, wherever you felt you could or wherever you desired to see fit, you you chose to follow the law regardless. Yeah, I chose to follow the law regardless instead of like you know smudging it Indis a little bit for for the good people. Yeah, 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 indiscriminately using the law as a weapon for your own disposal. Right, which is, I think, what, like, a lawful, you know, private investigator should do, even though, like, say, it is 1920s and I did, like, have a drink with just about every single person that I came in contact with. That's, that's nothing. It d d doesn't matter. What, what matters <laughs> is <laughs> uh, turning people in that, you know, did the crime. Uh, and at the end of the game, either way, you end up getting, like, your uncle's old coat, and it's kind of implied that there might be a potential sequel uh and overall i'd say that this game was pretty cool it had like a stylish presentation it held my attention for the entire time it was short so i actually 100 percented the whole thing uh it does lack novelty i'd say it feels like i've kind of played this sort of game before but maybe that's just because i'm a big fan of the genre uh either way it's a well-made short experience that i had a lot of fun with uh but that is all that uh, she called for. You know, it's really interesting that you play a private investigator in that game, because in our next game, you play as one, too. Oh, thank God you had a fucking segue. <laughs> I was just floundering, dude. Like, I was, like, literally, like, sweating bullets, dude. Like... <laughs> 
All right. Our, our next game is Call of Cthulhu. It's a game from Cyanide Studio, who has ran the gambit of games. They've made everything from Blood Bowl to Sticks to Pro Cycling and Basketball Manager. Uh, so yeah, a Wild Studio. They've done everything. Uh, and this is a game. It's a sort of first-person visual or visual novel slash point-and-click slash choices matter puzzle game kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, if that makes sense, I'm sure people who are into that kind of style of game understand what I mean when I string all those words together in a nonsensical sentence. It's a horror game, right? It is It is a horror game as well. Yes, I forgot that in the list of things this game is. <laughs> it's the spooky. <laughs> oh, there was there was one moment in this game that got me real fucking good. And if you want to see it, go <laughs> check out our, our Twitch clips on at the Bundle Bourgeoisie because I fucking got what I deserve for talking shit on this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. I actually, I was there for that. He, he, he was literally just like, ah, oh, yeah, this game really hasn't had any scares. I feel like, you know, this would be like the perfect time to utilize them. Oh, fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> just like that perfect timing, man. I, I yeah, couldn't even replicate it just, better. I was shitting on the fact that the monster wasn't in the room with me while I was trying to solve this puzzle, and then all of a sudden the monster hops out. God. Uh, so great, so great. Uh, there was this game was really good. I really enjoyed the story of it. There was a lot of really great sort of narrative talk about like addiction and substance abuse. You know, the main character is an alcoholic, and the town you go into is just absolutely swarming with people abusing narcotics. They're all on sleeping pills in order to sleep every night. So I I really enjoyed this sort of talk about substance abuse and how it sort of plays into our perception of the world around us and and whether or not it makes us more or less sane. So I I, I love games that sort of explore those themes. And it it was very soft in there. It wasn't heavy-handed at all. Uh, It's not like what you would expect from a game sort of exploring those themes. But it was definitely there, and I, I definitely picked up on it and really enjoyed it. Uh, I went through the game without taking a drop of alcohol, and I kind of want to go back and drink a bunch and see how it changes it, if it does. (laughs) Try to find a different ending in there, too, because it seems like one of those games that has, like, a million different endings. Oh, yeah. Uh, At one point, you start reading these uh, Necronomicon pages about beasteries and monsters and stuff. And all of a sudden, you start getting these pop-ups like, this will affect your ending, this will affect your ending. (laughs) As you get... (laughs) As you get to the end, you find out, like, your character has all these prompts that are just, like, absolute batshit nothingness. They, they, they mean nothing to you as a player, but they mean something to your character when you select them. Because they're all just in, like, ancient Cthulian runes that you can't read. So you just click on it and your character starts talking some shit. Like, like, like they know more than you do. Exactly. It was such a cool thing that this game did. And, and something I wanted to point out is that, like, there were a lot of moments that made you as a player feel disconnected from the character, but it felt really appropriate given the themes and ideas of this Lovecraftian world you're in, in the fact that, like, the character has access to knowledge that you as a player couldn't comprehend. And that's such a big theme in Lovecraft's work that I think they played and translated very well into the mechanics of the game. Rock on, man. Lovecraft is really interesting stuff. Yeah. I... Uh, it can be problematic in some aspects. Did you notice anything like that? I honestly didn't, which was very interesting. Uh, I feel like I made a couple comments while we were streaming the game about areas where it, it, it was at least making comment towards Lovecraft's opinions on these things. 
but it wasn't actually making any sort of statement in the world itself, it didn't ever feel like. Which was very okay. nice that it avoided the sort of racy stuff that Lovecraft got into a bit. Yeah, uh, Lovecraft was a little racy, one might say. Yeah, he That's was. a word for and it. And if you're looking, uh, just to shoot this out there, if you're looking for a sort of modern-day alternative to Lovecraft that dodges these ideas of, like, race and anti-Semitism and stuff, uh, there's an author out there called Shark Child who is considered sort of the modern Lovecraft and does a lot of Lovecraftian stories and stuff about, like, sanity and questioning reality. Oh, I have not heard of him. I'm going to have to look him up. You're going to have to link me some after this. Yeah, I, I I just bought his book not too long ago, and it's been very good so far. Uh, but yeah, we'll 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 drop a, a link to that in the notes too. So feel free check it out. He's very very good. I like him a lot. Uh, but anyways, back to the game. Uh, <laughs> it one of the things it does, which I really love, is makes you question what's right and wrong, and if your decisions are justified, and who you should listen to. Because going through the game, you have the cult constantly breathing down your neck, saying like do the bad thing, do the bad thing, do the bad thing. And, like, by the end of the game, you're questioning whether the bad thing is actually the right thing or not. Like, there's no there's no sort of moral judgment passed on whether or not you should operate in the as the puppet of the Leviathan or Cthulhu or if you should just sort of act with your own agency, which I think was really cool. They never brought the morality into discussion until it was already too late, which I thought was hmm. a fascinating idea which plays well with the whole town being sort of subjected to this beast's influence. That was one of the things that I really liked about Stygian as well, which was also a Lovecraft game that we covered a little while ago, uh, in that the morality of it seemed to be very dependent on your own character's values and, and what they sort of see uh, as their value system in their life and what they fall back and rely on. You know, some people kind of have, like, their own... Uh, you know, faith to rely on, or or like maybe it's it's their their humanism that they rely on, or or maybe it's just like greed, or or some kind of esoteric goal, uh, and, and to kind of role play through that, and to sort of see even as like a humanist person in sort of a Lovecraftian world how difficult it is to try to be a good person. Uh, exactly, and and I I love those ideas of Lovecraft and those themes that you get to explore and talk about in his work. So. I, I definitely li liked this game a lot. The ending I got was a little lackluster, I felt. Uh, I, I did choose to succumb to the influence because we were just balls deep into it by then and figured, why not? <laughs> I and, was I was edging him on. It, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but I, I wanted to, too. I wanted to see how they handled it. And I was really, really happy with the ending. It It left you on this sort of cliffhanger of, like, you don't know if your decision was the right thing or not. You just see Cthulhu in the distance, and it ends there. But then after the credits, there was a cut scene where everyone's just, like, beating the shit out of each other and killing each other. And it's like, ah, damn it. They want me to know that I fucked up. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Next time so we'll get was... them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it was really good. The The whole game was probably about six hours long. It seems to have really great re replayability and seeing, like, the other endings that are offered and such. So I, I definitely, I recommend this one for sure. Hell yeah, dude. It's it's an all-American experience. An all-American experience with a very unreliable narrator. Uh yes. Similar, potentially, to American Fugitive, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> developed by Fallen Tree Games, LTD, 
They are also the makers of the Quell series of games, High Rise Heroes and Swapperoo, if you know any of those. They're also the same publisher as uh, The King's Bird and Serenity Forge. Uh, this is a original GTA or GTA Chinatown-style top-down open-world sandbox shooter. The story and characters of the game uh, are just kind of justifying the gameplay, it felt like to me. Uh, there wasn't too much depth. It starts out with the protagonist getting arrested for killing his dad and going... He, he goes to prison. Uh, and then on his last phone call out, when he's, like, trying to listen to, like, this one potential clue, he gets cut short by a jerk, uh, who you, whose family you, you then, after you escape from jail, just brutalize. You, you, like, you find all of their cars and you destroy them and, like, they're also cops and so you, like, uh, you know, trash all their cop cars and stuff and then they come for you and then you kill them uh fun stuff anyway yeah you escape after all of this like really quickly it's like fast 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 and then uh you're basically trying to prove your innocence uh which i don't know if i buy because the content added post-release like the state of emergency stuff it's like super fucking fun but you just go on destruction rampages with like rpgs and miniguns destroying every single thing in sight to the point where the military shows up and there are like tanks and stuff and he's like i'm just trying to prove my innocence this is the american way i do what i have to because this is america <laughs> so <laughs> i have a question for you yeah um with these sort of ideas of like proving your innocence and breaking out of prison and stuff and all that jazz uh, is is there any decent commentary on the sort of prison industrial complex or false imprisonment or like abuse of authoritative powers or anything that like we're seeing in the real world that this game might be kind of pertinent to? The only thing that I can think of is just like like I mean I I honestly can't tell if this game is like trying to make a goof or not. Sometimes I think it's being serious and sometimes I think that it's obviously just trying to go for a laugh. Uh, and it strikes this really weird middle ground where it's not quite Simpsons hit and run level goofiness, or and it's not like just cause levels of extreme hyper violence. It's just kind of like middle of the road, a middle American town driving through cornyards, like running into shit. Uh, and like, what was that question again that you just asked? Well, let me go back to that. Uh, does the game have any sort of pertinent themes to this, the, the topics right now going around with the, like, prison industrial complex and false imprisonment and, like, yeah. unjustly being convicted and stuff like that? You basically see your dad's corpse at the very beginning of the game, and then you immediately go to jail. Like, there is, like, basically, like, it's just like a black screen, and then it was just like, you were convicted as guilty at your trial. And it was, like basically just no sense of justice whatsoever because you were obviously like a criminal beforehand and because of that they don't believe anything that you have to say uh and they just assume that you were the guy who did it even though it was your dad which i guess like that's a very pertinent topic that i i think is really interesting which which that is interesting but the fact that you have to rob banks in order to prove your innocence is fucking stupid <laughs> like, yeah it's it's whack <laughs> that's literally the last mission that you do in order to uh, unlock like the second continent in the game because like the first continent it's like it's like a little small in all honesty 
Uh, I finished all of, like, the race trial missions and uh, the state of emergency stuff pretty quick. Uh, and then I was just, like, playing through mission after mission of go here, do that, GTA-itis kind of thing, where it was just kind of lame fetch quests. And I was having a hard time really getting into it. And then when I got to the new area, I actually didn't even realize that I unlocked a new area because it looks the exact same as the area that I already had unlocked. So, oh, no. Yeah. That that wasn't great. Uh, but, the, I mean, the sandbox is fun. I will say that. Like, as much crap as I'm given this game, like, it, it is a genuinely fun sandbox to run around and just fucking goof and do stuff. Because, like, there, there's a lot of fun little things that you can just find. Like, there are paintings that you can find in people's homes that you can sell. Uh, you can stick up uh, shops and do robberies. And actually, the home invasion system, I think, is really cool. Because it has this thing where you can, like, search through rooms uh, and break in. And, like, all of that takes up a certain amount of time if you're being wanted by the police. Or if you get in undetected, then, like, they won't notice anything. Uh, then if, like, you encounter anybody inside the house, you can choose to either, like, restrain them or attack them, uh, and it has this, like, whole sort of system of cascading, like, punishment if you fail that, then you get kicked out of the house, and then the police arrive, and, and it's just sort of, like, that, that level of chaos from GTA, uh, and the sort of sandbox fun, I think is still very fun, but, yeah, at a certain point, I had so much money that, like, I, it, doing all of the little tiny things didn't matter, because, like, I had all the upgrades that I wanted, you know, I didn't have anything else that I seemed like I could buy and spend money on that was useful, uh, and I just didn't really feel compelled to play any more of the game, uh, which is kind of a shame. Uh, I tried to see if the story would really go anywhere, and I was kind of sad that, like, Basically, all of the plot points at the beginning of the game are dropped in favor of, like, you getting involved with this criminal organization uh, that might somehow be tangentially related to you proving your innocence, but I really have no idea. Uh, I don't know. Now I'm helping elect, like, a corrupted official become mayor uh, by, like, smashing, uh, like, signs and ballot boxes and stuff, which I guess that's relevant right now. Ooh, too real. Yeah. And then honestly, like, doing that, I was like, man, I'm not playing as the good guy. I hate this. Um, yeah. I guess I'm playing as a game called American Fugitive. I wouldn't expect to be playing as the good guy, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I th also, there are just, like, really boring tasks. I forgot to mention this. Some of the fucking quests are just, like, donut delivery. Or, or, or like... Hey, someone's gotta do it. <laughs> or, 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 like, you're on an Undertaker job, and you just have to, like, go to someone's house and pick up their... their deceased person and then take it home which by the way that was the one part of the game that did legitimately get me to laugh out loud because you're like trying to console like this family who like had someone die and like their husband you're taking the the corpse out of the house and then the corpse just like flails out of the house as soon as you like go out of the menu and it just goes <laughs> 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 and i was like wow i'm very respectful all right cool stuff them in the back um this is not my first recommendation this cycle if you're looking for something that's just a couple evenings worth of mindless entertainment, you really couldn't do a lot worse. This is really pretty good for that. If you're just looking for something, like in that same sort of GTA vibe and you're a fan of the giant Chinatown games, I'm probably just rambling on. Whatever. So, decent pick. There's no extras this time. 
No extras. Yeah, we're not covering the extras in this episode. We're going to hit them up next episode. Yeah. So let's hump into the closing, right? Yeah, that was all the games. That's it. Yeah, we finished. A lot easier this month. Hopefully these shorter episodes are easier to parse for you all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, my favorite game is probably actually the game that you talked about the more this month, which was uh, We Were Here Together. I absolutely dig that game. That's absolutely on the top of my list, too. But I'm going to cheat here a little bit and give some foreshadowing for next week's episode Ooh. and say my top game so far is Through the Darkest of Times. Oh, boy. And, you know, I have some really exciting games coming up soon, like uh, the extra booth. I, I started uh, working on it, and I'm not done with it yet. But that might actually end up being one of my favorites. And also, I'm going to try Vampire next week, which I am super excited about. That might end up being my favorite, too. Yeah, what else have you been playing this month, though? Oh, man, I've been playing... Uh, fuck, I finally beat Phoenix Wright Spirit of Justice. I spent so long just hesitating to beat the final case, and then I finally beat it in the DLC. It was super fun. The, the last mission was like a time-traveling case where your defendant legitimately believes that they are a time-traveler, and you have to prove that in court. Uh, Hell Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, I also played through Danganronpa V3, the whole thing. I just blazed through that game because I absolutely enjoyed it. And then I also tried out Warhammer Vermintide a little bit with my buddy Johnny. Yeah, yeah, Warhammer was a lot of fun. I forgot we played that one. Yeah. Yeah. I've been playing Fall Guys and Hyperscape and Rogue Company and uh, what One Step from Eden and so uh, Ooblets. Oh, my God, Ooblets is amazing. God. I have forgot I haven't I need to play that game more. Fuck. Uh I don't know. I've been streaming every night at ten PM, so I, I've been catching up on a lot of great games. I've been playing so much right now. And I've been trying to hop on here and there too. Actually, I haven't been playing as much just because I've been trying to get my whole streaming situation figured out so that it's uh the best quality that I can have. Uh and also I'm gonna be doing a lot more retro stuff on the off weeks. That's another thing that I was setting up. I'm really psyched about that. I'm going to play through Sin and Punishment. That's actually one of my first things that I'm planning on. Oh, hell yeah. That's a fun one. Yeah. So Other free things to look out for. Uh, Remnant from the Ashes is free on the Epic Game Store. Uh-huh. And the Alto Collection is also free this week. Haven't played the Alto Collection, but Remnant is fantastic. It's a Souls-like uh, first-person shooter. Very, very good. The first boss took me like two hours to beat. Ooh, I'll definitely have to try that out. Uh, that's an interesting combination. I've never seen that pulled off very well, but I imagine that it has it's to be It's good. Tricky. It's very good. All right. And then next week, they're actually going to be doing Enter the Gungeon, which is a very good roguelike. I sincerely well. enjoy that. And God's Trigger, which it looked very stylish. It's like a top-down action game. Looks pretty cool. I haven't heard of it, but it sounds good. Yeah. And then we'll link the GameSpot article for a bunch of free shit if you have, like, PlayStation Plus and whatnot in the description, as always. Yeah, it always has a bunch of good things in there. So good. So choice. We could read out the URL if you want. www.gamespot.com slash article slash free time oh, no. games. You shouldn't miss it. Another music. Dash C slash 11001. Oh, God, you're really doing it. 874 dash.
I tried to pull in the music to stop you, but you just kept, you powered through it. <laughs> oh shit, the music's going? Uh, like, subscribe, uh, we're, we're streaming every, every Tuesday and Friday at, at 10pm on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thebundlebourgeoisie. We're also streaming on our personal Twitches, Gafocker and, and Backstab. I'm there, um, I watch, I play games and I have fun. Please watch and play with me. We have lots of fun. You'll enjoy it, I think. I don't know. I'm not you. I can't speak for your experiences in life, but come check it out anyways. Uh, and also, Discord and Twitter and stuff. Yeah. That's it. Oh, we have a Patreon now. Oh, we do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Has anyone subscribed to that? The music has probably completely drowned this out now. No, they have not. We haven't really advertised it. No, not at all. I think but that our, like I don't think our 30 subscribers would subscribe yet either. No, not at all. I don't think that there's anything worth paying for. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. In this economy, just like milk and eggs, maybe. Oh yeah, I mean it's a free service already. Right? And that's not on our Patreon. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs> Oh, uh, the other thing. Oh, God, uh, please. Uh, wait, what was I going to say? Yeah, I did start the recording again. <laughs> I remember what I was going to say, too. Damn it. Um, there was something, though. <laughs> Maybe I remember in post. Oh, giveaways! Uh, so I forgot to do my giveaway for last month, so I'm going to be giving away a couple extra games uh, this month, and I'm going to be starting it after this episode airs. So if you are listening to this fresh after it drops, uh, check out Reddit for a potential giveaway. That's it. Thank God I